Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You are divine. Hello there, my beautiful authentic seekers, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. I'm so excited about today's episode because I feel like I kind of have somewhat of a juicy topic that we're coming to, and that is eclipse season, because we've been in eclipse season. We've been in this period between eclipses. We had a partial solar eclipse in Aries at the end of April, and then now, as we are rolling into May, happy May, everyone, uh, as we're rolling into the month of May, we actually have an eclipse coming up on Cinco de Mayo. Uh... And that is going to be May 5th, if you didn't know. We have a lunar eclipse in Scorpio, which is going to be the ending to something that would have started about six months ago. Uh, whatever was going on in your life in like beginning of November-ish, this is going to be the ending to that. And eclipses, when we talk about them, let me just like educate y'all a little bit. If you're not familiar with astrology, if you're somebody that is uh, just you know, maybe it's a little refresher. I always like to take the opinion that if somebody is teaching me something I already know, maybe the universe wants me to hear it again from a different perspective. Or maybe I'm just woman-splaining today and that's where we are. But eclipse season actually has not really a lot to do with the sun and moon and how they eclipse over each other or again, or like oppose each other when we have new and full moons. It actually has a lot more to do with the lunar nodes. So the north and south node, which is Rahu and Ketu in Vedic astrology, uh, in Vedic astrology, this is also symbolized by the dragon head and the dragon's tail. And the dragon head actually consumes its own tail because these are opposing forces, but when you are ruling from the North Node, you are consuming the South Node. And when you're too much in the South Node, you're being consumed by the North Node. So it's just like this whole beautiful dance, astrological dance of metaphor, mysticism, but also it brings some real serious energy to the table in our day-to-day -day lives. I wouldn't even say it's day-to-day. -day. It's more about like actual themes of your life that come up to be transformed. And I actually kind of like eclipses and eclipse season because even though they can be very chaotic, they can bring up unexpected things, things that sometimes are undesirable. They often bring you what you need. They bring you these different areas of your life, depending on, I would always say, look at your rising sign to figure out exactly where this hits for you. But they bring up a different area or theme of your life during the 18-ish months that these eclipse cycles happen before they move into a new sign. So currently, we're actually in this weird eclipse season where the North and South node are actually entering new signs. So previously they have been in Taurus and Scorpio for about a year and a half. And the North node is now going from Taurus to Aries, which we saw at the partial solar eclipse in April. And now we have the final South node or uh, lunar eclipse happening in Scorpio, because that just happens to be how it's all lining up. But the next, 
uh, eclipse that will happen with the south node is actually going to be in Libra next time. So it's like the final crescendo of the Scorpio eclipses before we have Aries and Libra for the next like year and a half. So this going on, it brings up a specific theme in your life and what the heck is going on. So I don't want to get into the individual predictions for like the rising signs. That's something that I'll probably save for a YouTube video. If you want to watch that, make sure you are subscribed to my YouTube channel. I'll link it down below for you. Um, it also might just be something that goes to Patreon. I don't know exactly what I'm doing yet, so I'll do something for it though. I'm sure. But without having like the individual predictions, just like a general baseline of a theme that we're going to see really impacting the collective and you as part of the collective is that Aries, this is our first sign of the Zodiac, right? And having the North node in Aries is so unbelievably powerful because it's the start of a lot of brand new things, making headway on something new. And it's also the ruler of like the head, um, cause you know, if we think about like the Ram that is Aries, right? The head is going to be like right here. It's got the two Ram horns. They Ram things. <laughs> um, so we can think that, you know, this is going to be us kind of pushing through old blocks and doing things in a new way. I would also argue that this can lead to themes of like changing the physical appearance in some way. Um, I don't think that every single person is going to be going through like a major physical appearance change because it does impact each person differently based on your life circumstances, where you are, your own experiences in general, and like what, what it's hitting for you, like what house it's going to be hitting for you. So it will apply differently to each person, but I do feel like we are getting this like emphasis on pushing forward. And the South node being in Libra, I always look at the North node as a dialing up, but the South node as a dialing down. So what is dialing down in your life is going to be things that are matters of relations. I actually feel, to be honest with you, that a lot of breakups are going to happen during this 18 month transit. Not necessarily like, I don't think if you have a rock solid relationship and you are in a really good place that suddenly everything's going to fall apart. I feel like these are relationships that have needed to separate are finally going to separate. So that's something I also always want to say when it comes to astrology and making predictions, it's never supposed to be like a fear mongering thing. It's meant to provide insight of the themes that are coming in. So you know how to work with those energies. I don't think every, like if that were true, if it was like, oh, this is the season of breakups, everybody would go through a breakup and that doesn't happen for everybody. So I do feel like though the relationships that really need to be severed, we're going to have a huge collective push to close them. Uh, and I think this could be more than just romantic partnerships. I think this could be friendship breakups. This could be contracts as well. Any kind of contract that has bound you to something in the past, the contracts are going to be broken or less emphasized upon. Now, the main point I wanted to make with this episode, there's a couple things. The other one is totally not this topic at all. We have like a split episode today because there were two things I really wanted to talk about. I didn't feel like I had enough content to make uh, two full episodes on these things. So I just wanted to hit you with both. So the first thing is that eclipse magic. Should we do it? Should we not do it? 
And the reason I wanted to touch on this, and I've touched on this before, but I wanted to bring it up again because I think something new entered the arena, which is what I say when something new has kind of entered my scope of information. And I'm like, oh, that's a new idea. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I have an opinion about that. Let me kind of take that in, have discernment and decide what I think of that. And I actually think that this is such a valuable skill that if you're not somebody that does that, if you just listen to things at face value and never form any kind of opinion, you're never going to have a set of beliefs that honor you or provide you with any kind of integrity. And this is something I've actually really struggled with because in today's world, we are force fed so much information, right? Like the way that we have continued to advance in society is at a rapid rate. I really don't believe that human consciousness is meant to take on as much information as we do. And the true currency is actually our attention spans, right? But in mentioning this, the reason I'm bringing it up is for anything that you think, for anything that you believe in, for anything that you do, for anything that you say, there is always going to be somebody who doesn't agree with it. There's always going to be somebody who outright thinks you're ridiculous. There's always going to be somebody that just doesn't like what you say, think, or do, it doesn't sit right with them. And we can see this everywhere, right? This is why we have multiple political parties. This is why we have, um, I feel like even when it comes down to divine masculine, divine feminine, we're seeing these like polarizing sides of everything. And I think that this is true, even in the astrological world, even in the witchcraft world, even when we talk about how different practices work for different people. So I feel like, honestly, if you do not have your own form of discernment and figuring out what you internally believe, you're going to have a really hard time navigating anything in this world. And this is also why I think intuition is so important too, is sometimes you have to take it to your intuition. Sometimes logic can't solve everything. But the reason I bring all of this up is because recently something new entered the, the arena. Y'all know that I am a big advocate, or I was, of not doing magic on the eclipse. I think it's very chaotic and the energy is hard to work with. I've witnessed things in my own life happen during eclipse season. I literally got mono for two days because I, I believed it was because I did a form of magic without boundaries. I'm a chaos, witch. we've talked about this. I'm a practicing chaos, witch, and I did something really dumb on an eclipse. I did not put up the proper protections. I did not properly take care of myself. I was out here just fucking untethered and I literally got mono for two days. I genuinely believe you can call it what you want. You can call it a coincidence. I don't. I genuinely believe that I contracted that because I was dealing with too much chaos, running it through my body. And there was literally no grounding that was happening when I did this. And I've shared this actual story before on the podcast, so I'm not going to sit here and go into a bunch of detail about it. But the point is, and this happened like several years ago, but the point is from that point, I always told myself, 
oh, eclipse magic is no bueno. Don't do that. It's not good. But here's the thing. And this I thought was actually so beautiful. The information that entered my arena was actually a post that came from, and I'm going to pull it up and read it directly. Um, it came from Bahati Life. And I love Bahati Life. If you don't know who she is, I've talked about her so many times. Her content is hot fire flames. She's great. But uh, she put out this post. Gosh, when was this? Three days ago from the time I'm recording. She said, let's collectively agree to stop fear mongering during eclipses. You can safely manifest. You do not need to fear or resist change. We are welcomed to evolve, connect with our guides, ancestors, etc. at our altars. Fear holds us back. Freedom is empowering. Magic is not evil. I think, ooh, I got the chills. I think the line that really stuck out to me is that magic is not evil. And that was like the new thing that entered the arena. And I was like, oh, maybe I should reconsider how I feel about this. Maybe I should reconsider even the things that I say about eclipse season. And I realize that my belief system has now changed. I don't think that you shouldn't use eclipses. I think that, I don't think that you should or that you shouldn't. I think that it's actually really up to the person and how they feel. If you, and I think this is true of all magic practice, be there an eclipse or not, that if you go into a magical practice feeling anxious, feeling on edge, feeling like something bad is going to happen, that is exactly the experience you're going to have. If you go in calm, collected, doing your protection magic, tethering yourself, doing what you know to be good for like keeping yourself grounded, doing a practice during intense energy, and you know it's going to be fine, then it's going to be fine. I think the biggest thing is that a lot of people will do practice, but they're not always ready to deal with the consequences of those practices. So something will happen. I got mono for two days and I was like, my gosh, I got the thing that I wanted, but at what cost? And I feel like bearing all of that in mind, now that I am removed from it, I've gained a different perspective. I feel so differently about it. And I think that that also is just like, that opens the door for such a conversation for all of us to even have in general that in today's world, we also treat people, maybe all of you don't, but I find that collectively a lot of people treat people like they are never able to form new opinions or change their minds or change anything about themselves. And frankly, we always have the power to learn new things. We always have the power to make change. We always have the power to look at a belief, reanalyze it, or re-intuit it even, and ask ourselves how we feel about it. And I also think that there's a lot of power in that. There's a lot of power and self-respect in having your own discernment and deciding what you want to do. So if you're somebody that 
really thinks that working with an eclipse is really chaotic. It's really dangerous. We shouldn't be doing it. That's okay. That's your belief system and you're allowed to have it. But if you're somebody that loves manifesting with the eclipse, gets really excited about it, feels like it is like the luckiest time of the season, that's okay too. That's your belief system and you're allowed to have that. And I feel like the more that we can actually open to I want to almost say like polarizing opinions, the more and more and more we're actually going to open up to like unity consciousness and allowing opposites to exist at the same time. And I feel like that really to me is the path of the mystic. It's opening up to those polarizing extremes, but letting yourself walk your own path while you're witnessing that deciding. And I've, I've said this before on my podcast that I feel like, even though I call myself like the crunchy auntie, I'm not part of the cult of crunchy. Even though I make certain statements about myself, I always feel like I'm the person that lives in the shaded gray area. I don't like to think that I live in any form of an extreme because frankly, extremes kind of suck. <laughs> they don't leave room for nuance, for complexity. They don't leave room for discussion. They honestly close discussion. They keep people silent and that's just not the world that I want to live in. So whatever you think about the eclipse is all that I care about. And even if that looks different from what I think about eclipses, that's really all that matters is that you have your own discernment and you form your own opinion and you decide what it is for you. So that's what I wanted to say about that. Um, in terms of eclipses, I know we just jumped down like eight rabbit holes to get one full story, but I just wanted to bring that up because we do have that lunar eclipse coming up in just a few short days. And I wanted y'all to ask yourselves what you want to do with that. Do you want to ritualize it? Do you want to sit back and just see what happens? Do you feel like eclipses are chaotic and you shouldn't work with them? Do you feel like they're the luckiest day of the year and you got to work with them? You know, I think empowering you to have that discernment and make that choice for yourself could really make or break whatever you decide to do that day. So do whatever you're going to do. Tell me about it in the comments or leave me a response wherever you're listening to this. If you're listening or watching on YouTube, just leave me some information on what you're going to do because I would love to hear about it. And the other topic I wanted to get to today is one that I feel like maybe we've talked about before. Maybe we haven't, but that is the topic of your triggers are actually really here to teach you something. <laughs> and I know we all hate being triggered. Every last one of us hates being triggered. Uh, there is not a single one of us that's like, yes, I'm so triggered right now. This is exact. like, here it is. Here's my answer. But I actually started thinking about this because I've been dealing with this weird, uncomfortable feeling where I feel like I'm stepping on the brakes, but I'm stepping on the gas at the same time. And it's really frustrating because it leads to a lot of anxiety buildup inside. I get like very anxious and I am a firm believer that you can live without anxiety. I've talked about this before. You can live without anxiety. I've done it before. I've gone through several periods of my life where I don't feel anxious, but lately I've been having a lot of feelings of anxiety coming up. And I think something that I was not paying attention to was I wasn't asking myself what this could be teaching me. And I feel like the universe always has such a damn way of making you, making me look, making me see. But I was going through my 
uh, I was looking for some hair ties earlier today uh, to do my hair. If you're watching the YouTube video, you can see what I did. But I was looking for some hair ties so that I could braid my hair. And I came across this journal and it says, dream no small dreams. And I literally wrote on the cover of it, scratch paper for manifesting. Um, now, my belief system on manifesting has also changed since I got this journal. I think I bought it in like early 2018. So I've had her for a long time. But I remember when I bought this journal, like I maybe had $7 to my name and I spent that $7 on this journal, uh, which is so differently from how I live in my life right now. If I really want something, I can like usually, unless it's like super grandiose, I'm not quite at my big boss bitch expensive energy yet, but usually like if I wanted a journal right now, I could go to the store and I could buy one. Like I'm in such a different place now. I'm literally living out a manifestation that this version of me in 2018 that wrote in this journal a lot, uh, would have loved to have like would have loved to have been, I'm literally living out like a past prayer. And I forget that sometimes. I think we all do. But as I was flipping through this book, because I love doing that, like, let me know if you're one of those people that you start cleaning and you get distracted by all the cool shit you find. Uh, I'm definitely one of those people. But I was reading through some of the entries in here. And something I noticed is that the belief system that I'm currently holding, where I'm so fearful when it comes to money. And it's because I've lived through so many traumatizing experiences where I did not have enough to make ends meet. And even when I have enough to make ends meet or more, I still hold this fear and this stress and this anxiety where it feels like I want to step on the gas and try to earn as much money as I possibly can or I want to hit the brakes because I'm frustrated that I feel like I have to overwork to get where I'm trying to go. And the thing is, if I would actually stop and be still for even five minutes and actually think about this, this trigger that keeps coming up for me, I could come away with a totally different perspective. And I wanted to bring this up because your trigger is always trying to teach you something. It is always trying to point you in the direction of what needs more stillness, what needs more softness, what maybe needs a new boundary or a new habit or a change. And for me, this is so vulnerable, but we're just going to say it. Okay. This is like shit that I feel like I wouldn't even talk. No, I would talk to most people about this, but a room full of people is very different than like a one-on-one -on -one person. And I have to remember that when I record these, it's like a room full of people. It's not just one person, <laughs> but I feel like what I have to remind myself when I'm spinning out and I'm freaking out about being able to afford this or afford that, or, you know, what have you is that every single time I've been through an experience that was less than desirable it's always worked out. It's worked out every single time. Even when I have had like housing crisis in my life, it has worked out every single time. Most of the time it's worked out for the better. Uh, even when I've dealt with like not being able to pay my phone bill, 
it's always worked out. I've gotten my phone turned back on. Even if I've dealt with having my power cut, which I have dealt with that before a couple of times in my life, I've always been able to turn it back on. I've always been able to figure it out and relatively quickly. And I feel like I get into this like spiral of, oh no, my power is going to get cut again. Oh no, I'm going to lose my house again. Even though I'm very far from those things. And I'll be pushing the gas and pushing the brakes at the same time, trying to like calm down, but speed up at the same time. And this to me is what like my triggers look like is what I'm trying to do both at the same time. But if I actually commit to one or the other, I feel like I'm always able to get some kind of a result. So if I decide to go full force on stepping on the gas, usually this means I create something new. Something really awesome is like born out of me. If I decide to step on the brakes and create more stillness, I actually would argue that this is like the better thing to do is to, when you're feeling triggered is to hit the brakes. Don't try to speed up, even though you might feel like you need to make all these decisions out of fear. Hitting the brakes is actually going to do more help because when you hit the brakes, even though it seems counterintuitive, you're able to actually get back into the body and come back to your rational self. Because when you're triggered, you're not always thinking rationally. And this can also lead to that cycle of being afraid over and over and over and over and over. And it can lead to those spirals of overthinking. So there are so many ways to break through this. But the first point I wanted to make is that your trigger is not there to hurt you. And also what some people are triggered by is another person's inspiration. So especially if you're somebody that like you really want to make something or you have a powerful message that you want to share. This is for my creatives, okay? You might be constantly pumping the brakes about putting yourself out there because you're very scared of what somebody else will say. Recognize that first hate comment is a rite of passage. When you get your first hate comment, I need you to stop and like pop the champagne because you always know that when you have haters that you're doing something right. Now, obviously there is like a backpedal on this. Sometimes you need to check yourself. Like, you know, one person says you're a horse's ass doesn't mean you're a horse's ass. Sometimes even two, three, four, five people say you're a horse's ass. You're not a horse's ass. But like when hundreds of people are like, what are you doing? That is ridiculous. They're not always right, but sometimes you do need to stop and reassess and ask yourself like, whoa, 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 where did I go wrong here? Where can I change this? Where can I, where can I become better instead of bitter, right? Where can I reassess? And I feel like with that in mind, where can we, like kind of almost takes me back to my original concept of like having self-discernment as well and like not letting um, mob mentality decide how you're going to think and behave. But at the same time, it's nuanced, right? Sometimes we need to be checked by people in our lives. Sometimes we need to hear a different perspective so that we can change, so that it can create change. But besides the point, your triggers are not here to hurt you. They're here to help you. And if you actually honor the trigger, you are able to create change in your life. If you're able to stop and slow down and ask yourself why you're feeling triggered 
and work through it. And there are so many ways of working through it. You can do parts work. You can sit down and make a list of like why you think this might be coming up. Is there something that happened in the past? And I also want to say that past results do not equal future projections. Like just because something happened in the past does not mean it has to happen again in the future, especially even if it feels like it's like a cycle that you keep coming back to, it doesn't mean that it's going to play out the same way that it did before. And in fact, when we meet the same cycle, oftentimes we come at it from an evolved perspective because we've been through something that changed our perception and our perspective. And when that happens, we come away with something brand new and we're able to come back to that cycle in a new and interesting way and possibly even overcome it. So while this was coming up for me, while I was, you know, sifting through my journal and noticing how I used to write about things, I noticed that I was triggered this way before. Nothing had changed, even though I have been through since 2018, so many experiences. Like I have been through times where I've made more money in one month of my life than I had seen in an entire year of my life. And I've had months that were not so abundant and really scary. And I moved like two or three times in that time frame. Uh, so much in my life has changed between 2018 and what is that? 19, 20, 21, 22, five years. So much of my life has changed in that many years, but because I found this random journal that was talking about that, how I was pumping the gas and pumping the brakes and I was still afraid of money and still afraid of crazy things happening and losing certain things. I realized that I'm still living out that same trauma response five years later. And number one, Shaming yourself when you're like coming back to another cycle is never going to get you anywhere. So the first thing I did was not shame myself. It was, oh, there's still something. I got curious. You get curious about the trigger first. And I was like, oh, I'm still doing the same shit that I was doing five years ago. I should probably assess that and actually try to work with it and see what's going on. So I haven't even done like all the work around this trigger yet. I do feel a lot more calm though, having witnessed that this is a way that I used to feel even like five years ago, based on the experiences in my life that I've had, especially around money. And so first you got to get curious about it and then you can start diving into other things. This is why I recommended parts work. I have a whole course where I lead you through parts work on my website. It's $12. We've already talked about that. Uh, if you listened, I had like a five day podcast or a, yeah, a five day podcast series that talked about it, but that is something that can help you break through things like that. Uh, you can do parts work. You can make lists as I was mentioning. Um, you can write out all it like, oh my gosh, journaling. This is why people that are on their hot girl shit are so into journaling. It's not just one of those tools that's like, oh yeah, buy a journal. You're going to feel so much better. No, really buy a journal, commit to writing out three pages of how you're feeling and see if at the end of that, you don't feel better. And something else that I feel like I never hear people say is crying to process trauma. Crying? Don't you ever notice how when you cry afterwards, you have so much clarity and you feel better because you let it go? It's because, and I will say this a thousand times, I've said it once, twice, probably a hundred times already, I will say it a thousand more. Uh, 
Crying releases cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. When you cry, you actually release stress from your body. So crying over something can actually like, don't shame yourself for crying. Crying is actually something that your body naturally wants to help you release what you're feeling. Uh, and like, basically, gosh, I think I heard it was house of Herbie's podcast, such a good podcast. They had an episode where they were talking about letting go today. And they were talking about how like trauma is like a croissant. Like it's all these buttery trauma layers that will just like overlap and overlap and overlap. But until you practice the art of actually letting go over and over and over and over, you we'll keep coming back to this same point of being triggered by the same thing or the trigger leading you back down the same path. And actually being triggered is something to get excited about because it will show you exactly what you need to work on. So for me, I get triggered anytime, uh, anytime I feel like money is coming up, like even if I'm at a grocery store and I have to check out and pay some money, even if I know my account has money to pay for those things, I will get triggered. I will get triggered when I'm out to lunch with a friend and the bill comes to the table and we have to figure out how to divide that up because I've been in situations in the past where I had to like basically stress over if I could enjoy this lunch with my friend or if like, what could I actually afford, you know, make sure I only order water and maybe just the appetizer is my meal. Like I would stress about, are we going to divide the bill e evenly or is this person going to expect me to pay this time and them next time? Like just things like that would occupy all of my mind. And I feel like even today, some of those behaviors, that was just a couple of examples. There are many other ways I am triggered. Even to this day, some of those triggers will come up. And this is a sign to me that I still have work to do. I still have things to let go of. I still have to show myself that it's actually safe. And that's all doing the work on that really is, is reminding yourself how you're safe, how it's okay, how it's going to be okay, and how you actually can move through life with more ease and not just constantly over and over and over, like hit yourself over the head with obsessing about this problem that you're having or this series of events that happened that now this is constantly the thing that's always coming up and you're in a state of fear or lack or scarcity. So your triggers, they're beautiful. Your anxiety is also sacred. And I'm not saying you deserved it. It might've even been given to you by someone else. Doesn't mean you deserved it. It doesn't mean you did anything wrong. It means that it's there now. And if you're aware of it consciously, it's your job to work through that. And something else I want to say, and just like a closing note on that is please know that you are never, 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 ever too traumatized to heal. This is a lie that I think all of us will tell ourselves from time to time. I say this to myself sometimes, even as somebody that has done copious amounts of work on myself, with myself, and I've healed from a lot, but I will still sometimes convince myself that I'm too traumatized to heal. And that's not true. It's not true. It's a lie that the ego tells you. You do not have to live in any kind of point of suffering forever. Know that new things are going to enter the arena. New experiences, new triggers will be formed. New things will happen. Life is an ever unfolding thing. 
You're never going to just be this perfectly healed version of yourself. There's always going to be things that bring up certain kinds of feelings, but you don't have to live your life feeling triggered 24 seven. There is a way to get to a place where you have more good days than bad days. There is a way to process through the things that you feel. And I am currently working on an abundance mindset for y'all. I have to figure it out for myself first. That's always my big thing is I put myself through my own work. But once I figure it out, you better believe I will tell you exactly how I did it. Uh, that's a huge thing for me. Healers do not just put things out and then decide like, oh yeah, that might help someone. Nah, we do the work ourselves first until we feel better or we use it as an ongoing tool or process. So when I figure that out, unleashing all the money blocks that I have, I will absolutely create a tool for you. Uh, in any case, that was really all I wanted to talk about today was the eclipse stuff. And I wanted to talk about how if you're feeling triggered, it's actually a beautiful thing. And it gives you the exact indication that you need to start looking for ways to do work around it. And or not really around it, like work through it. But in any case, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to watch the podcast, if you're not already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel, leave me some information wherever you're watching. And uh, if you want to support the podcast, definitely check out my Patreon. It's the best way to support me genuinely. Uh, my Patreon, you can also donate to me, never an expectation, but always appreciated. And am I leaving anything out? Oh, I mean, obviously the podcast, please follow, please follow, please subscribe, whatever you got to do on whatever platform you're listening or watching from. Uh, we put out new episodes every single Monday and my socials. I'm at Chloe Taylor everywhere around the web. If you want to book a personal tarot or astrology reading with me, check those out on my website, chloetaylor.com or get my course that will lead you through parts work to find your authentic self. It's $12 on my website. You can get it also at chloetaylor.com. And uh, I love you so much. Please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.